This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, this is Chris Liss of rotowire.com, and this is the East Coast Offense Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by FanDuel. Don't miss this free fantasy basketball contest on FanDuel. You can win a trip to Brooklyn where you and a friend will be sitting courtside with Brandon Marshall to watch Golden State take on Brooklyn. Travel and airfare are included. Go to FanDuel.com slash wire to play now. East Coast Offense, Chris Liss. I'm talking to Yahoo Sports, Dalton Del Don. What's up, man? You have your list of stuff that you want to do, uh, ask about? Yeah, I do actually a couple things to start with. Um, first, let's go back to last week. I had a uh, three-team parlay money line with Washington, Philadelphia, and the Saints. That uh, has to be one of the brutal. worst beats, right? Because it was – let me re- reiterate. It was money line. Yes. So uh. it's not like I was on the total right side with the Saints. Like obviously that was kind of a lucky comeback there. But then get, talk about getting my hopes up. Uh, even if they missed that extra point, which, by the way, would have won my bet, assuming they didn't allow for uh, an ensuing field goal with very little time left. I, at worst case scenario there, I'm looking at overtime. So not only do I not win the bet or go to overtime, but it's returned. And then after I'm devastated, right. they show up. He they stepped out of bounds. Me. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, <laughs> and again, a three-team money, money line parlay. It wasn't just one bet. So the payout was nearly, it was five and a half to one was the payout. So, I mean, come on, man. This whole season's just been a disaster. I think we went one and four or something. I mean, come on. Give me a break. One time after the Indians World Series. Just one time. Yeah, it's like the universe is sending you a message that you, you're in the wrong line of work, man. You're, you're doing the wrong thing. Your life is on the wrong track. Uh, yeah, apparently. Um, one, one, eventually, I will uh, acknowledge the signs and, and go walk the earth like jewels or something. But you should. Next thing, ne- next thing I'm going to bring up is wait, you wait, did not wait, bring this. Let me just say one thing that just reminded okay. me of that. So it's like, you know how all these celebrities have died in 2016? And it's, I, it's so, like, there's some people are so ridiculous. Like, it's personal to them somehow. Like, David Bowie dies. And then, you know, obviously Leonard Cohen just died and, you know, Prince died. All these Prince was like the worst because he's young. But everyone's like, fuck 2016. Like that, like everyone's always saying that on Twitter. And then Trump gets elected president on top of that. I mean, that is just so funny. Like every, there's all these people dying and everybody's complaining about it. And then the kicker, the kick in the ass on the way out the door. Right. Yeah. I think it's a whole segment on John Oliver about uh, 2016 being the worst. Right. Um, by the way, okay, John so, Oliver is part of the problem. I'm just going to say that. He's part of the problem. And Samantha B and John Oliver and that whole smug-ass attitude, that is part of the reason that Trump got elected. I'm just going to say that. 
Yeah, and I feel like the people that watch that show, you're not going to really change many no, minds. Watch, right? If you're already watching that show, I think you know who you're going to vote for. Yeah. Um, it's, okay, it's just uh, the I, smugness. It's like the smug certainty. I saw some guy had a post on on Twitter, Facebook, or somewhere, and he was saying how like there's a formula for it. Like they say one thing, they don't really back it up with much evidence, and there's like some snarky jokes drilling in your mind. Look how absurd anyone who disagrees with this is. It's like a formula that works subconsciously almost on you. I wish I remembered where I saw the post. It was actually kind of persuasive that it's a psyop, I guess, is what you know. It's it's just getting people to be more smug and dismissive of of people who don't agree with them politically. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I got gotcha. you. Uh, next topic I wanted to, to run by you real quickly. You did not bring it up on your Monday night observations. Uh, always, everyone should uh, read the Rotowire blog. Always good stuff. Was uh, how in the world. Do the bank? I understand at the time, uh, you know, the, at the moment it's difficult, but that's like the most obvious letting a player score situation I've seen, right. maybe ever, maybe right. ever. Here's the difference: uh, once he breaks free for the first down, Rashad Jennings, you let him score. The Bengals are down eight points with a minute fifty-six left. If if you don't, if you tackle him, the game's over. Uh, assuming you can have three kneel uh, three kneel downs, you don't fumble on. I mean, that's about as clear cut, the most obvious as. As it gets, unless the Giants went for two, which is another interesting thing that happened in the games last week, which I liked when the Seahawks did right. that up up seven and scored that I, I saw a couple of my friends text me being like, what are they doing? And I'm like, there's already been 55 points scored in this game. Tom Brady's the opposing quarterback. The other flip side might be that the, the Pats would then know you have to score twice right away. And um, sometimes defenses do actually let down when they're when they're two scores ahead. But I thought that was a genius move and I liked it. And uh, I doubt the Giants would have done that, though. So Never in a million years. Never in a million, million years. Never in a million years. Billion-dollar industries, they go over all this other stuff, but how, how can you just not let them score? Eight-point eight game with a minute 56, I mean, you still have a 20% chance of winning or whatever, 12% chance. Yeah, we talked about this on XM, and my feeling was that if they just kind of stopped and just totally made way for him, he probably would have gone down on a knee. What you got to do is you got to fake it. You got to pretend you're tackling him and he's just breaking your tackle. You got to like totally. dive at his feet, maybe touch <laughs> his leg on the way by and be like, damn it, we just missed you or get him, you know, better tackle him. You got to get him thinking that you want to tackle him and that you just failed. Because if they just all part ways, you know, part, you know, part the Red Sea for him, he might be like, something's weird here and then think about it and go down. So it was kind of, you think, well, why don't they let him score? But you're assuming he's dumb enough to score. I mean, it would have been a long touchdown run. So at some point during that run, he could be like, wait a second, maybe I should just not score here. It was his longest run of the year, 26 yards. So he was still I think like, been... where was he? He was like on the 20 or 30 yard line, right? Yeah, and I'm just saying he would have been excited. If that was already his longest run of the year, I bet he would have scored. Right. I so, mean, you're so, a giant. So on the guy. one hand, you could say it's ridiculous they tackled him, which it is. But on the other, it's equally ridiculous to presume that the Giants are stupid enough to score, but they probably are. Right. Anyway, congratulations to your Giants. They're uh, right in the thick of things. I don't believe they've won a game by more than a uh, touchdown all season, they and they're 6-3. and three, And they're 6-3. They're, and three. It's total smoke and mirrors. They have a pretty easy schedule. to get the. I think they get the Bears and the Browns next two weeks. Could easily be 8-3, and three, make the playoffs, lose in the first round, and then but McAdoo gets like another year or two because of it, and it's actually a Pyrrhic victory. I'm hoping he, he has done a couple of things right. He he's gone on fourth down a bunch of yeah, times. Yeah, he went for it on fourth down. Yeah, yeah, and he's done that a couple of times in the correct situation. And even one of them, when they beat the Ravens, he went on fourth and one and threw a, a slant to Beckham, which he took the house to win the game. So he's done some things that are actually bold. 
Um, but he just seems so stupid. He, he told the reporter, what was it that they did? Well, first of all, he's been talking about how he doesn't believe in stats and he doesn't believe in analytics. Um, stats is, for losers. Yeah, stats are for losers. And then he also showed them some really stupid Will Ferrell movie as like a motivational thing. And then he also said something to a reporter this week, like, last game's like out the window. But instead of saying out the window, he pointed to a window and said, it's out there or something. He said something about out the window and literally pointed to a window. I mean, that's pretty stupid. I don't know. I think he's dumb. I think he's a dumb dude, but who knows? It's So far, it's, you know, as long as they let let Eli loose, but I, I'm really worried that because Jennings has success, that they're going to run it a lot this game. And I, I think the Bears are a good bet, uh, plus seven and a half. Right. All right. Well, do you have anything? Because I have a couple things, but they're more Keep like going. kind of a, a little bit of a political lean. So I'm going to wait, wait on those. Okay, sure. No, I don't have anything. I don't care. I'm just trying to get through All right. this. All right. Let's get to the games. Tonight's game, Panthers are favored by three and a half home against the Saints. How do you feel about this game? Um, I, I took the Saints. I've been going back and forth on this uh, as far as betting on this because I kind of wanted to use them in a, in a teaser, and I, I could see Carolina getting right. Uh, but this, the Saints have quietly not allowed a touchdown in the second half of a game now over the last four games. Their defense isn't the absolute worst, but then you got Drew Brees on the road, outdoors in a short week. Um 52 is the over-under, so the three-and-a-half isn't as much as maybe another game. But I took the points in a divisional matchup more than a field goal. Yeah, I took it, too. I, I feel like the Saints – Here's I picked the Saints to win this game. And, and my feeling is all the metric stats like the Panthers better. But it just seems like the Panthers are the type of team that pulls what they did against the Chiefs last week. Like, they just collapsed this year, like yeah. in the worst time. Whereas the Saints seem like a team – well, I mean, obviously they got that kick-return touchdown and that fourth down – bullshit ref call against the Raiders. I mean, there's been a lot of games where the Saints actually should have won. But I feel like they make that final drive. You know, they string the drive together. They, they seem to be, like, just more cohesive as a team. So I took them with, especially with the extra hook. No, Breeze is playing great, man. This, yeah. this, this stage of his career, it's pretty impressive. Yep. Okay, Titans plus three at Colts. What do you got there? Okay, so um, I only made, a, I was going to say I made a small amount of bets before the season. For me, that's five. And one of them was... Uh, one was Derrick Henry winning the Rookie of the Year. That's not going to happen. And the other was um, Tennessee to win this division at 8-1 to one odds. So, I, I, and I would pick them right now straight up, easily. I don't even care how many games behind they are of the Texans. Texans are, are, are awful. But this is still a tough spot, you know, traveling to Indy, who's coming out of their bye. Again, a high, a high over under, 53.5 points. A Mariota, 19 total touchdowns over his last six games, playing really well. Uh, DeMarco Murray out of his mind. So I expect a, a shootout, but, um, and, I, and I took the points. Yeah, I took the points here. I have a Colts feeling, though, a little bit. Yeah, I, mean, I, kinda, at home. I, 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 kinda, I felt like the value on Tennessee was good because I think their D is a little bit better and their O is a little better. But I don't know. I, just, I could just see the Colts at home taking this one pretty easily. I have Colts 24-23, so I took Tennessee, but not strong in it at all. Completely agree on both sides. Okay, Jaguars plus six and a half at Lions. Um, I I like Jacksonville. I actually made the line exactly six and a half, and not surprised to see it there. I think this is one of those Lions get ahead. Jacksonville comes back in the fourth quarter, covers the spread, maybe even wins. But I feel pretty good they'll cover the spread. Yeah, I took the Jags as well. I mean, Detroit seven point eight YPA allowed a NFL high one twelve point four passer rating against their their TD to INT ratio is twenty to four. Um, in other words, they're beatable through the air. They are coming off a bye, 
But still, uh, I, I, Jackson, Jacksonville's terrible, don't get me wrong, and I kind of like the Lions as a sneaky, maybe cheap DFS defensive play because Bortles will throw the pick six, uh, about 50-50 odds. But still, the Lions are not a very good team to as a favorite. I certainly don't like feel comfortable backing them as a touchdown favorite. Jacksonville will probably backdoor here. And, and even, even further, I would not feel that comfortable taking Detroit in Survivor. Yeah, I wouldn't either. And I would also like Bortles and Robinson in DFS. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, Bucks plus seven and a half for the Chiefs. I made this line eight and a half. I know the Chiefs have been bad on offense, but they just seem to smoke and mirrors their way through stuff. They, they'll get a big play from where they'll get a defensive touchdown or special teams or whatever. I just, I laid the wood here. Interesting. Okay. Spoiler alert. I took a lot of these uh, dogs on these seven, seven and a half point games this week. Cause I just felt like they were all kind of similar and anything could happen. But if I were to change one, so I did take Tampa Bay, but if I were to change one, if I were to, uh, have them available. I would use Kansas City in Survivor, but I do not. So I took the points here, but I could easily see. I'm mean, Kansas City's really. What is our record like? Uh, Nineteen and two. No, but I mean, like the last twenty-one regular season games, it's something absurd. Like like nineteen and two or something. Spencer Ware could go off. Uh, Justin Houston might even return for this game. So I could definitely see this getting ugly. But um, uh, a couple days ago when I turned in my picks, I I, I picked Tampa Bay. Okay. Bears plus seven and a half at Giants. I'm a Giants fan, and this is one of my best bets. I think the Bears, well, almost certainly, not almost certainly, but I think they'll keep it close. I, I had this line seven exactly, and I was toggling between six and a half and seven, and that's obviously a key number when you go from six and a half slash seven to seven and a half. The Giants just don't put their foot on the gas, and they run the ball, and the Bears' front is kind of stout. And even though Alshon Jeffrey's not there, and Cutler could give this to the Giants, the question is whether Cutler gives it to the Giants the cover, or, or McAdoo gives the cover to the Bears. And I'm betting on the latter happening, that McAdoo gives the cover to the Bears. Yeah, I'll mark this down as one of our preliminary picks. Um, who would bet on the, the Bears at this point? I mean, they just look coming off arguably the worst game of the season. Cutler's performance was about as bad as it gets. He would have thrown for 129 yard, 120 yards on, 100, on 29 attempts, if not for that Hail Mary and the Giants just won in prime time. So the Bears were actually playing not that bad beforehand. Their defense isn't the worst. And as you mentioned, just the Giants' game script, they, they, when are they going to blow out a team? They've yet to win a game by more than a touchdown this season, even though they're 6-3. and three. So definitely taking Chicago here. Okay, here's another one I really like, Cardinals, Pick'em, and Vikings. I had this at three. I was like, these are even teams. These are both mediocre teams that, for whatever reason, you know, have different problems. You know, Cardinals... Their problem is their just offense isn't as good as it was. Their D isn't that great. The Vikings, the D was good, but they just totally collapsed for four games. They should have beat the Lions that one game. It wouldn't be as dire had they. The Redskins game was reasonably close. I just don't see why this line isn't three. And as such, uh, I'm all in on the Vikings. Okay, I was going to say, I, I don't read re- beating the book, your article, until after we record this podcast. And I was hoping you didn't say the name because I was going to assume. I already wrote it down. Let's use this as one of our, our games. I'm, I want to fade both of these teams. But absolutely, why is this not three points? Minnesota, for sure. Arizona nearly lost at home in a must-win game to the 49ers last week. They're, they're not good this year. Forget your preconceived notion entering the year. The Vikings are, are man, they, they are really, I don't want to say due for a good game, but they're not as bad as they've looked recently. So give me Minnesota, and let's use it as one of our picks. Okay, yeah, I mean, look at the Vikings. They lost in Philly, which is a tough place to play. Philly's beat up everybody in Philly. Then they should have beat the Lions in that game. They lost to the Redskins. The only real bad game was losing in Chicago um, to the Bears, and Cutler played a good game. I mean, that was really the only bad well, loss they've had. They're Washington's still, good at home. 
Washington's yeah, not Washington's bad. Washington's tough. That was not an easy game, and they were right in it, you know, the whole game. So, yeah. you know, the Vikings, to me, haven't collapsed so much as just regressed to a normal level of luck. They're still, like, probably a slightly above-average team. So, yeah. why, you know, the pick is ridiculous. Okay, Bills plus three at Bengals. I really – that was this is the obvious line, as it should be. I took the Bills because they're underdogs, but it was really a coin flip. Uh, completely my thoughts. Uh, this is exactly what the line should be. Uh, Buffalo's really <laughs> – Buffalo's played well. Look at they, they, I mean, two weeks ago, didn't they nearly win in Seattle? And then Seattle, that same Seattle team a week later with a healthy Wilson goes into New England and wins. I mean, this Bills team is really solid. Tyrod Taylor, one of the more impressive players this season. Without Sammy Watkins, with those receivers, what he's doing, they can run the ball. Um, I don't want to steal your thunder because we, we talked about this in XM, but I, I was surprised to see that the Bills have actually allowed, you said second most, but on NFL.com, Alyssa as the most yards per attempt this season defensively so they haven't been great there although they do have i wonder how often this has ever happened they have the most sacks in the nfl at 30 and the highest ypa allowed but anyway i think they're a solid team that'll keep this close and obviously could win outright right i'm with you i'm not touching it though to me they could you know the the Bengals could easily cover this all right ravens plus seven at cowboys this is also one of my best bets i had this line at ten and a half i mean the ravens Why are the Ravens seven points only at the Cowboys? The, the Cowboys are one of the top three teams in the NFL. The Ravens are, what, the 18th best team in the NFL, the 20th best team? Why is this not 10? Yeah, I guess I could see it. I took the points, like I said, on all these the seven ones. Um, I just, I guess I'm, I'm waiting for a, a dud game from a team that's won so many in a row. And, and the Ravens, they're just like this veteran, wily team who I feel like could keep it close. They, they've defended quarterbacks really well recently. But um, yeah, I can but see not, that doesn't matter. That's why the Cowboys are so tough. So what? Dak's going to yeah. scramble around and get, you know, he's going to run a little bit. He's going to throw short passes. He's going to buy time. You got this offensive line that's going to just beat the crap out of you. I don't really, really see underrated, it. really underrated defense too. Go on your Tony Romo uh, uh, diatribe real quick. Oh, just my diatribe was was simply that people were praising him so much just for coming out and being like, yeah, it's Dak. Prescott's earned the job. It's tough for me to watch this, but he's earned it. Like, okay, I've, I'm not faulting him at all. He did the right thing, but what else was he going to do? You know, like, that's obvious. Everybody has already moved on from Romo. The public has moved on. The fans of the team has moved, have moved on, most of them. What's he going to do, pout and look like an asshole? Of course he's going to do that. People are like, that's great leadership. No, it's not. It's what you obviously do if you're sane. They're like, well, Favre wouldn't have done it. Oh, really? Yeah, Favre complained when they, when they turned over to Rodgers. That was before the season. They decided to give Rodgers a chance when he hadn't done anything yet because he was, a, he was on the bench behind Favre. That was totally a situation where Favre, turns out mistakenly, could have thought, hey, I'm still the better choice and make that case. Or they're like, oh, Fitzpatrick complained just the other week when he was benched for Geno Smith or Bryce Petty. It's like... Yeah, Geno Smith or Bryce Petty. You could Fitzpatrick could justifiably think, "Why are you doing this? I'm better than these guys." Romo, it's it's over. The, the battle's already lost. It's not even a question. So the guys won eight games in a row. They have the best record in the NFL. Of course, they're moving on to Dak. So why are you giving a guy credit for doing the obvious? And then the flip side is, the people giving him credit are the same people that shit on him for like ten years while he was a superstar, borderline Hall of Fame quarterback. They called him a choker. So. When he deserved praise during his great career, he didn't get it. And then for some bullshit thing that anybody would do, they're like heaping all this praise on him. And it's because they love to see this shit. They love the storyline. Oh, great leadership, giving it over to the guy. All this bullshit narrative. They love narrative. The reality is 
you know, he got kind of dicked over when he was a superstar. Now he's just doing the obvious. That's all that's happening right now. And he's basically crying for five minutes, which was, you know, abnormal to see. I, I love the guy. I think he's a nice guy, and I, I love watching him play. But I thought that was a funny take that you had because I, I, I totally get it. And uh, great, great player, by the way. I yeah, mean, he's a he, great he, player. He, awesome. he deserves credit for his career. But stop. It's, like, so sad that he's getting credit for some bullshit press conference, and he didn't get credit for, like, his life's body of work. Like, how sad. <laughs> that's, like, that's how just stupid, like, the media is. Yes, I, I, I hear you. All right. What's the next game? The next game is Steelers minus eight and a half at Browns. I had this at six and a half. The Steelers have, have a real serious home road split, uh, I think mostly because of Ben Roethlisberger. And uh, so it's, you know, I, I just, I thought six and a half was a good, a good amount. That's 12 and a half at home. Steelers haven't been that good. They lost Cameron Hayward. I think, you know, even in Survivor, I'm a little nervous about this one. I, I took the Browns. I like them a lot. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. So um, I, I took the Browns as well, but uh, more importantly, I am in a Survivor with with five other people left, and I've already used Kansas City. I do have Dallas and Seattle available, but right now I have Pittsburgh in. I hate road teams. Um, should I just focus on the game at hand, or do you take things into account like the Steelers have lost four in a row? Obviously, you could say the, the Browns have lost all in a row, but I, I was just leaning toward it's a divisional game on the road. But the Steelers are still the, you know, eight, they're, the, they're the most favored in Vegas as far as money line. Um, I go Seattle. I'll, I'll, I'll cut to the chase. I'll, I'll go Seattle. Okay. Over, over Dallas even too. Yeah, although I like Dallas. I like them both. But I, I okay. actually really like Seattle this week. But Okay. Okay. All right. But we'll get to okay. that. We'll get to that. All right. Um, oh, oh, I have a question. Oh, I have another question. Um, so if you look at that and you see, so you have five other people, right? And you know that. Uh, three of them have already taken uh, the Steelers. Does that uh, change your opinion as far as like equity? Yeah, of course. I mean, if three of them, oh, they've already used, yeah, they've used up the Steelers. So you know that, but at yeah. most three of the six, two others of the, of the five can use them at most. Right. Yeah. I mean, because there's a good chance that you might be the only one on them and that's something better, but I still wouldn't, I still wouldn't use them, but yes, okay. it does matter okay. obviously. And, and that's what you should do when you get late in your pool. You really got to sort of game out like what everyone has left and just sort of, Make a best guess. And then if you really, you know, have a lot of time on your hands, you could be like, well, I'm going to give them 40% this team, 40% this team, 20% this team. And you add up all your percentages and you sort of make your own little, like, who's using what this week, you know, with, with right. percentages. And then get, use the pot odds. I, I would actually try to do that if there were a lot of money on the line. Um, okay. Dolphins minus one and a half at Rams. I made this line exactly at one and a half. So I, I didn't really have any, um, you know, I, I'm pretty much 50-50 here. I, I guess I took the Rams. I just thought sell high in the Dolphins. I, I don't think the Jared Goff switch is going to hurt. Uh, and maybe even Gurley gets going, things get switched up. So I, I took the Rams. Who do you like here? Yeah, I, I don't understand why this spread isn't at least three or three and a half. I'm, I'm going to bat for, I'm using the Dolphins in our, in our, I'll give you the Cowboys. I'm using the Dolphins and it's uh, the total sucker side. I get it. The, Public is, is all over Miami. Uh, they actually have to play in the West Coast for the second straight week. It's, that's not easy. Um, but this team, and, and also the public typically goes against quarterbacks making their first start, and I don't want to be that just that clear cut. That, but, man, Goff did, looked bad in, in the preseason. Maybe I, I shouldn't have watched the HBO Hard Knocks, but, man, he just looked terrible. And this team hasn't scored a touchdown in, what, three games or something. The Dolphins look really good. They've won four in a row, albeit three of those were we're at home, but their defense is playing better. Tannehill is looking better. Ajayi looks great. Uh, this team, 
I, I don't know. Why is this not going to be a blowout? I, 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 it's, it's too obvious. I get that. but, but that the, Ram, the Rams D is not bad. They're at home. Goff cannot be worse than Keenum. I, I guess he can be worse than Keenum, but there's a good chance he's yeah. not worse. You know, Tannehill on the road with the Rams D may get, it may get ugly. I think he absolutely can get worse. We said that about the quarterback situation in, in Texans for, for, for DeAndre Hopkins. I think it can get worse, and it will get worse. Uh, Ke- uh, Keenum was actually very competent for a three, four-game stretch there, getting like eight YPA. He got I, a I think lot of YPA, still- but he was throwing the, some of the worst interceptions you've ever seen. All right, well, I have Miami as a top two or three, no, top three fantasy okay. D this week, and, I, and I'm, I'm, we're using them in the Super Contest. Okay, that's fine. Um, I don't give a shit what you do in the Super Contest. I know, um, I know. It's only $750 of my money that you've lit on fire this year. Yeah, okay. I don't think so. Patriots minus 13 at the Niners. I like the Niners. I had this at 10.5. I thought, okay, 16.5 in New England, you know, 10.5 on the road. It's 13. I can see it, obviously, but um, – Niners showed up last week. Kaepernick looks better. As you said, they retooled their defense to not just be a total sieve against the run. So I'm taking the Niners. Yeah, they defended David Johnson pretty well last week. I know he got two touchdowns and 101 total yards, but 2.9 yards per carry. They, they made some changes along the defensive line. Glenn, Glenn Dorsey played a different position, I believe. And uh, Colin Kaepernick has looked plenty competent. 8.8 YPA the last two weeks. He's running the ball. Uh, I, I just worry that the Cardinals just might be that bad, so it's a little bit of a smoke and mirrors there. But the Niners are improving. Coach-wise, I, I love two weeks ago, I don't know if you saw this, but there was about uh, six, seven seconds left in the half, and the Saints ha- had one shot to go for the end zone for a touchdown um, from, like, the 20. And uh, they just instructed their defenders to uh, immediately tackle the receivers. So they committed a, a penalty, but it took off four seconds, so the Saints were forced to, to kick a field goal. And they actually might um, – result in a rule change if you do that twice uh, the clock will not run so I thought that was pretty cool but uh, the setup here is New England having to travel across the country after playing a physical game against Seattle but still this Niners team is just so bad and and you're having to face the Pats coming off a loss which is never a good thing I know there's no Gronk Uh, this spread is about as big as it gets you know it it would be 19 if this game was in New England but I still laid the wood yeah I, I, I actually like the Niners here I think it's a good bet all right, here's my Hold best on. Okay, bet. I have, a, I, have a, I have a real quick question while we're on the topic here. Yeah. What, what, do you, what is your thoughts on um, people, including like Peter King, just going nuts about it, taking Cap to, to task for his, um, you know, his protest and then not voting? What does Peter King know about shit, right? Who's Peter King? He's just some windbag who's been around a while. What the fuck? I mean, okay, just in general, then forget forget <laughs> the Peter King specifically. What, what, just in general, the fact that he, you know, he does his protest. My, my thoughts are. They, people that criticize him don't understand what he's protesting. It's not like he, he, it's not like he was protesting that if Donald Trump or something. He, he also equally disliked Hillary Clinton. It's like for whatever reason, the media and the election, they acted like Hillary Clinton is this like good person and Donald Trump is this bad person. And nobody talked about the fact that Hillary – they know this, but it wasn't like something that people talked about, that she voted for the Iraq war, which killed hundreds of thousands of people, and it was a war of choice. It wasn't – we didn't have to do that. Uh, she pushed to invade Libya, and Libya is a shambles where ISIS has taken over and people's lives have been destroyed. And she also pushed for that crime bill that her husband signed in the 90s that locked up millions of black people and made it a lot harder for them, this whole aggressive policing and prison complex. But nobody like in the pro-Hillary camp was really talking about that. It was Hillary's good, Trump is evil. And so that's how he sees it. He sees it through that prism. So he looks at Kaepernick protesting. He's like, yeah, you're protesting against the evil, right? You're protesting against the evil. So why aren't you voting for the good? But, like, people who actually 
just look at the facts and realize there was evil and evil. So, of course, he didn't vote. If you look at, like, what's going on and cops shooting innocent black people, which has happened a lot, is it, oh, my God, I told you what would happen when Trump was president. No, this is going on during Obama's presidency. This is a legacy of the Clintons and Bush and now Obama. This stuff's going on. So, like, Kaepernick's not protesting Trump. He's protesting the existing neoliberal order of which Hillary Clinton is the most famous and recognizable face. Yep. Okay. Move on. I got one more thing to bring up. We'll wait after the game. Okay. So um, we got Eagles plus six and a half at Seahawks. This is my best bet. I just think Seahawks are arguably the best team in the NFL. Russell Wilson's finally healthy. Carson Wentz had a great rookie season. I'd say he's a good rookie season. Dak Prescott's had a great rookie season. But coming on the road to Seattle, he's going to get worked. And Wilson will solve this very good Eagles defense. The Eagles have not been nearly as good on the road. 34-10 Seattle. Best bet. Uh, I I also took Seattle, and you're trying to talk me into taking them in Survivor. I just – I worry a little bit about that physical game coming off an emotional high with the Patriots, but maybe that's just far too anecdotal and me being dumb. They should be really outclassed Philly here, who has a really solid defense. But, yeah, Carson Wentz, this could get ugly, I think. So I'm not going to argue with you here. We'll use this one as as our fifth and final pick. Okay. And then uh, Packers plus two and a half at Redskins. Simple. Should be three. It's not three. I'm taking the Redskins at home. Totally agree. Yep. Okay. And then Monday night, Mexico City, uh, Texans plus five and a half at the Raiders. I'm really annoyed because I was like, five and a half? I think this game should be at least six and a half. I'm taking the Raiders. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's on a neutral field. I guess I yes. have to take the Texans <laughs> by that line. So I, t- I held my nose and I took the Texans plus five and a half. Yeah, I, um, I, I totally had the same thoughts, but I still, still kept uh, with, with, with Oakland here. Um, I'm still not totally sold on them being an elite team, but I am sold on Houston being terrible and, and Osweiler being terrible in particular. So uh, I'm taking the Raiders, but uh, I hear you. This is a neutral field. It makes it a little bit difficult to predict how that's going to shake out, but I, I took Oakland reluctantly. All right. So what are our five picks then this week? So our five picks this week are Bears, Vikings, Cowboys, Dolphins, and Seahawks. Good. Good with me. Totally fine. All right. All right. Yeah, there, there's one more. There, okay. There's one more thing in um, uh, political. Uh, I, I'm going to say a, electrical vote because I don't know if you know that, but Chris Berman said that on Monday Night Football called it an electrical vote, uh, not electoral vote. Uh-huh. But um, right. anyway, electoral votes, voting system. What What are your thoughts on that? Because I've actually been thinking about, you know, it's it's funny that Trump, you know, originally rejected it. And now he says, well, I'm not going to, you know, complain once I, I won, even though I don't think it's a perfect system. No one's going to argue that it's a perfect system. But I thought about two things recently. <clears throat> One, A, what are your thoughts on it in general? But two, I was thinking that a lot of uh, votes don't say Hillary won by X amount. She could have won by more um, because people in, say, states like California, a lot of people didn't vote because those states were 100 percent decided, like zero percent chance that that they matter whatsoever. So if they if they're each and every vote counted, maybe she would have won by an even greater margin on the flip side of that. Trump, I don't think, spent a penny advertising right. in California. So maybe maybe I'm wrong on the other side. And, and if he would have actually tried to advertise and, and, and talk to people in, in those states that already decided, or in Hillary conversely as well, uh, maybe that would have changed things um, on, the other, on the other way. Okay, so just first on the fairness of this particular election, you know that guy Tom Ed on Twitter? I don't know his real name, but uh, I follow him. He said, you know, the, the Panthers had not just more yards than the Broncos in the Super Bowl. They had way more yards. Okay, it's like they had more yards. Shouldn't they win the Super Bowl? I mean, they did have more yards, right? Well, no, it's how many points you have, right? So it's like you could say that too, right? I mean, isn't that the same type of thing? 
Yes, yes. I like that guy, by the way. I believe his name is Ted Bell. I like okay. that guy. The guy whatever his name is, but, you know, Tom Ed, Ted Ed, whatever he goes by on Twitter. But he was, I just think that's a perfect analogy. It's like, yeah, yards are a real good indicator of who's better, but if the game is about points, right? So it's just you could rack up extra yards at the end of the half, which the defense concedes, just like you're saying. Like, you could rack up extra votes in California, or you could spend money there or not. You know, you, you're playing for the points, right? So you're not playing for the yards. Right. Uh, secondly, it would be really unfair to Hillary Clinton if it was popular vote and then midway through election night they changed it to electoral college. I think that would be very unfair to her. She campaigned to win the popular vote, but midway through they switch, switched it on her. They all knew what the deal was. It's You've got to get these swing states. They know exactly what the game is. They all did their best to, to win that game. You can't then change the rules or say, well, according to a game with different rules, we would have won. And it's just not how it works. Oh, of course. No, no, no. These rules are set out. What I'm asking right. you is just in general and your thoughts in the future. Okay. Well, if you were to start from scratch and say, okay, what's the best way to do this? I'm not entirely sure, right? Because on the one hand, if it were just popular vote, and it turned out that that meant that, like, New York and California was basically where it was at, and then everybody else in the middle just had to go along with whatever they picked, maybe that would be better for everybody, or maybe those people would be totally unrepresented. So I don't know. I don't know the answer. I haven't studied the question long enough. All right. Gotcha. All right, man. You got anything else? No, I'm good, man. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up. All right. No uh, Lisbon stories? Nothing really worth telling. I'm, I'm tired. I'm too lazy. I could probably think of something, but nothing, uh, nothing important. All right, cool. Let's go undefeated the rest of the way. Then maybe we can finish top 1,000. If we go undefeated the rest of the way, do we cash? <laughs> uh, let's let's do it and find out. How about that? All right, good talking to you, man. Take it easy. All right. Later, Liz. This podcast is sponsored by FanDuel.com. Don't miss this free fantasy basketball contest on FanDuel. You can win a trip to Brooklyn where you and a friend will be sitting courtside with Brandon Marshall to watch Golden State take on Brooklyn. Travel and airfare included. Go to FanDuel.com slash wire to play now. They're going to kill the love of my life. Yay! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide. In theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.